Hey everyone. Hello and welcome. This is Embodied Astrology and this is Renee. Thanks so much for listening. On this podcast, I'm going to be talking about the new moon and partial solar eclipse in Leo, August 11th, 2018, as well as Mercury retrograde and Pallas Athena also in Leo, and some aspects with Jupiter, Pluto, Neptune, Saturn, Uranus, Ceres, maybe some other stuff too. We've got Mars and Lilith in Aquarius, all kinds of exciting things going on in the chart. Can't wait to get there. Before I get to the astrology, I want to say thank you to everyone who supports Embodied Astrology. Um, I create Embodied Astrology as part of my ongoing research as a movement educator and somatic practitioner, as an artist, and as someone who has been raised with the language of astrology, and uh, now I I find that it's my job, um, I'm really interested in the intersection of all of these languages, how astrology is a creative and gestural interpretation of life and how life expresses itself out through art and art is a language that is very similar to astrology so we're dealing with symbols and the interpretation of symbols Um, we're dealing with seasons and light and the way that we make meaning out of the data that we get this is my approach to astrology and if it has been something that has been helpful for you Um, If you find these podcasts or the meditations or the audio horoscopes to be part of your um, monthly or weekly rituals, please consider sending a donation back to me. A one-time or recurring monthly donation really helps me continue to create this work and to give it for free, which is important to me. So thanks so much for your financial contributions. And thank you also for sharing this work and whether or not a financial contribution is possible for you at this time. It's super helpful when you forward on the emails, when you share on your socials, when you um, click the little heart or like or make a comment or write a review. Thanks so much for your support. I really appreciate it. If you're in Portland, I have one spot left for the Elemental Body, the morning series, August 13th through 17th. This is a five-day series that will explore the elements through body through movement and mindfulness and some writing and art making. So one spot left for that if you want to sign up. Um, A couple spots still left for Greece, also an elemental body retreat. Um, Really excited to spend five days um, on Fulagandros in a beautiful island with some really good friends um, working with the elemental body and exploring um, the island, hiking and having dinners every night with people who live there. Um, You can find information on both of those um, under events at embodiedastrology.com. And finally, I'll be in Berlin September 20th uh, through 24th, and I'll be offering um, a couple of individual readings. I just have a few left, actually. Um, So if you're in Berlin and you want to meet up and get your chart read, send me an email. And I'm also looking for space to host a full moon workshop on the evening or the weekend of September 23rd. So if you have a space and you're interested in hosting me or if you know of some place that would be a good fit, um, please drop me a line, embodiedastrology.com. You can find me under contact. All right, getting into the astrology, new moon and partial solar eclipse in the sign of Leo. This is a really 
dynamic and exciting chart when I'm looking at it. There are a lot of things to talk about. I don't think I'm going to get to all of them. So I'll start at the beginning with Leo. Um, there are different ways to understand the zodiac. And one way, probably the more common way to understand the tropical zodiac is beginning um, at the vernal equinox, beginning with the sign of Aries. And when we begin at the spring, we have the growing of light. We have the first idea of creation and um, Aries kind of rules the head. And so we have the identity coming forwards. But another way to understand the zodiac is with Leo and Cancer, um, the season that we've just come out of, right at the very center. And if we understand the zodiac this way, and you look out from the central point of Leo and Cancer, you'll see um, the planetary rulerships of the signs moving out in the order of the planets as they are in relationship to the sun. If you're an astrology student, that makes sense to you. If you're here listening more for the energetics, take what works, <laughs> leave the rest. Um, Leo is the center of the body. It rules the heart and the spine. And everyone has Leo in their chart somewhere. So whether or not you have natal planets or if you were born in the season of Leo, um, Leo is represented in your chart somewhere. And wherever Leo is in your chart is a place where you need to understand yourself at the center of things. And you'll have experiences that teach you to center yourself and that teach you about the power of your own intent and your radiance and your magnetism. Radiance and magnetism are words associated to the sun. Leo is the sign in the zodiac that is ruled by the sun. So just as Leo is the center of the physical body, the sun is the center of our solar system. And just a quick shout out to the galaxy and the galaxies outside um, of our Milky Way. There's a lot that we don't know about space. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, many of Carl Sagan's quotes where he's like, oh yeah, you know, there's our our little star, the sun, right there in an unremarkable corner of the galaxy. And um, there's our tiny little planet Earth orbiting around the sun and everyone you've ever known and loved, all the politicians, all the celebrities, all the bloodbaths that have flown. You know, these are um, all contained within this tiny little blue dot, this little sphere that's orbiting around the sun. However, the sun is the center of our solar system here. It's our star, and it's what gives us light. It creates all of our experiences. The light of the sun is what creates food. It's what creates season. It's what gives us daytime. The earth, of course, has its own molten core. It has its own center of heat, and you can kind of think of this uh, also as a representation of the sun, that at the center of every being there is some form of heat, and heat is creative. It acts with the inert energies, with the clay, <laughs> with the materials, and with heat and with light, there is life, there is growth. The energy of Leo is the creative energy. It is um, the desire to express and the expression that is unique. Creativity is unique, no matter uh, if it's similar. 
So of course we have lots of different iterations of trees and humans and cats and dogs. Um, yet none of those things, there are no two trees that are the same. There are no two human beings that are the same. There are no two cats that are the same. Every moment of creation is unique in and of itself because it's a combining of materials and forces kind of meeting each other. And if you're familiar with um, yogic philosophy or um, Vedic philosophy, you might have heard about the gunas. So uh, rajas, tamas, and sattva. Um, we have these three different energies that are responsible for everything you can possibly conceive of. And what we have are um, the tamasic energy. And so this is the inert energy. It's material. And then we have rajasic energy, and this is the, the heat and the um, change that comes into inert material. And then we have sattvic energy, which is balance. And sattva, or balance, is not something that we can hold on to. It's not something that's stagnant. It is um, kind of a constant fluctuating. It's how things come into balance for a moment, and then that balance becomes disrupted. So your body comes into balance as a body and throughout the course of your life you experience balance and imbalance and we're always seeking balance, right? We're always seeking to um, find comfort. And that's basically life on earth is um, this interplay between materials and um, creation. And when materials get infused with the creative energy and then they become something, and then whatever it is that they become, it has its own lifespan. Even things that live for a really long time, like a mountain. A mountain had a birth, and one day that mountain will have its change. It will turn into something else. It'll get flattened. It'll become dust. It will, you know, have an earthquake. It'll become mini mountains or something like this, or in a constant state of change. What Leo is, is the um, heat energy. It is the creative force that infuses materials. <clears throat> so wherever Leo is in your chart, this is the place where you also need to understand your capacity as a creative being and as someone who can infuse the materials of your life and express your essence through them. With the eclipse that we have, we have a partial solar eclipse and a partial eclipse means that from our vantage point on Earth, the moon, which is orbiting around the Earth, will pass um, directly between our um, relationship from Earth to the sun. And, well, maybe not quite directly, but very close. And so it will partially eclipse the light of the sun. Um, the figure or the body of the moon will move between Earth and the sun and kind of temporarily obscure part of that light. And this eclipse is part of a series of eclipses. And we've had um, eclipses in the Leo Aquarius range um, for just about the last two years. Um, so these eclipses began in August 2016. They will end in January of next year. Um, last year, right around this time, at the end of August, of course, we had this huge big event, um, the total eclipse of the sun, and that was in Leo. Um, so 
think back to that time and think into the ways that you have been creating in your life and the ways that you have been expressing and what you have been part of manifesting. Leo rules the heart in the body. It rules the spine. It rules the center. In whatever way Leo expresses itself through your life, whatever part of the chart it rules or however you feel this energy, how the eclipses have been working is to bring you up to date in your evolutionary path. So with eclipses, we have the obscuration of the lights, of the great lights, the sun and the moon. And in the astrological language, of course, the sun as the creative energy is consciousness itself. Consciousness is constantly creating, it's birthing itself, it's imagining all that it could be. The moon is how we get to know ourselves. It, we get reflections over and over and over again, and, it, and we have um, kind of our subjective awareness and the growth of our individual consciousness. Um, you can imagine that kind of there's consciousness as this big thing, and then there are like little seeds of consciousness in every small thing. And they are one and the same, and yet they are unique. And there's the sun at the center of our solar system, there's the molten core at the center of the earth, and then there's the heart in every body. So we have the center and the center and the center, and we're all part of the same thing. Your body cannot exist without the earth, can definitely not exist without the sun, and yet they're unique. They're different expressions. So when we have an eclipse and we have the obscuration of light, we have an understanding of our own expression and a recognition of how our expressions have been formed and influenced by the expression of others. We can kind of feel ourselves um, in the evolutionary spiral and cycle of time. And we also have awareness. We have capacity to see and at least maybe minutely, but somewhat affect our own expression. And eclipses are times of a lot of change. So I'm sure that the last year has brought up some change. It's been a pretty wild time on earth. I don't know how any of us could uh, not be changing really pretty dramatically. Um, and last summer's eclipse uh, happened at a, at a really heightened moment politically. And here this summer, we find ourselves, um, you know, still with the same themes kind of moving into whatever iteration they're moving into. And we have the expression of power, Leo, the expression of, of royalty and um, kind of the individual ego and an understanding of how that ego or power then becomes an experience that we all share. We see this reflected to us on the world stage with big celebrity figures, with presidents, right? And with dictators, we see how individual egos um, and what they need to create and how they need to assert and sustain themselves then become creators of experience for every one and everything that is in their orbit. This is the sun, the solar energy, the ego energy. On individual levels, we recognize this as well, and this is important. And uh, to go back to this idea of, you know, the, the sun, the earth, and then our bodies each having the same center, all of them um, being part of the same thing, 
our individual uh, expressions, our hearts, our beings, our egos, um, also contribute to the creation of whatever it is that we're responding to. So our centers are being influenced and affected by the centers of others. So looking at this chart for this eclipse, um, I'm really struck by a couple of different aspects. And with the moon and the sun together in Leo, first of all, there is just Leo energy that um, with this eclipse, the invitation is, how are you expressing? What are you expressing? And are you expressing from your center, from your heart and from your authenticity? Leo can get into a lot of trouble. And the trouble that it gets into is when it is expressing in a dispassionate way, when it is expressing in a disconnected way. Leo can be a performer. It can, um, you know, it puts itself at the center of things. It's ruled by the sun. So when Leo gets into performance mode, um, it's not responding in uh, a, an authentic way to whatever is around it. It is performing for something. And it's something to, to kind of be aware of. You know, there's performance as a gift, the way that we can, that artists use performance to reflect back to an audience. And then there's unconscious performance. There are the ways that we each perform for our um, conditioning, for the societies and the cultures and the people that are around us and we seek to please or we feel like we need to uphold some ego identity and then we're performing unconsciously we're upholding um uh identity that that maybe then becomes part of our own um arrogance or trap in the last number of podcasts i've talked a bit about mars and mars is in the opposite sign of leo in aquarius and it's with the south node um, Leo now has the North Node in it, and the nodal axis is where eclipses happen. So at the North Node in Leo, this is something that we are um, uncovering as part of our evolutionary path. It's what we're moving towards. The South Node is something that we're leaving behind. When I've talked about Mars and Aquarius and the South Node in the previous podcasts, I've been talking about the ways that we are separating from ego identities that have been shaped by culture and by group mindsets. So the individual and the group are always in relationship. We can't have one without the other. Groups are made of individuals. <laughs> individuals have to live in relationship, like it or not. So one of the things that this chart is really um, bringing forwards into awareness um, are the ways that we have to express ourselves authentically, the ways that we need to move more towards the center of our own experience and to understand also how our experience then becomes part of the greater experience, part of the collective whole. We need to understand how the collective influences our experience and our egos and our identities. And we need to separate ourselves from the mind states that keep us perpetuating uh, collective experiences that we no longer want to be a part of. And so with this new moon, with the eclipse, um, and with Mercury retrograde, which I'm going to talk about next, um, what we have is, is some really important recognition that's coming through about ways of being that we want to leave behind and ways of being that we want to move into. 
And this is gonna feel like authenticity. It's gonna feel like bravery and it's gonna feel probably kind of creative. And creative energy is unknown. <laughs> it's not a formula. It's like, I don't know how to do this. I just have to show up. I have to be curious. I have to be passionate and I have to be playful. And that's Leo. That's Leo in all of its health is curious, passionate, playful, like, whoa, what can I do with this? As you think back to the previous eclipses and kind of the changes that have been going on in your life, notice how you've been getting to know yourself and notice any kinds of um, conflicts or rubs or discomfort that you've been experiencing in terms of how you feel yourself as an individual and your need to express and the ways that you believe you should behave, the group mind, the um, socialized self, the part of you that really isn't your authenticity. It is um, old thinking patterns that are keeping you in, in some kind of frozen state of being. One of the reasons that this eclipse is so powerful is that it is very close. The sun and the moon are very close to Mercury and to Pallas, and Mercury is in its retrograde. Um, so if you've been listening, I talked uh, a bit about Mercury retrograde in part two of the last podcast. And how Mercury acts in the astrological language is as the language function. It's how we articulate our experiences to ourselves and also to others. It's our cognitive mind. It's our capacity to listen, to give form through language, um, and then to share and to connect, uh, to share our experiences with other people. And as Mercury has been in Leo and, and Mercury moved into Leo in the last couple of days of June, um, it has been aspecting Mars and the South Node, and it has been bringing awareness to the surface, mental awareness, language words, about our own needs, um, the needs that we have to express, as well as awareness of the ways that we are stuck in thinking patterns. Um, there is a lot of running up against our own beliefs and the ways that we subscribe to the group mind and to the brainwashing or the programming that we have been um, influenced by and caught up in or part of and whether or not you know the these are still like accurate and relevant places for us to spend our mental energy so a couple of days before we have the new moon and the eclipse um, both the moon and the sun will aspect mercury they'll come into alignment and this is an infusion of the lunar and the solar energy into mercury retrograde so we have the lights of our awareness both the kind of light of our um, innate consciousness as well as our subjective awareness infusing the cognitive mind and what this is going to feel like probably is some sort of recognition oh I feel this way and because Leo rules the heart and it rules the spine it's truth and there is some element of, of bravery in recognizing and articulating how you actually feel about something Mercury will be retrograde through the 19th. And so as we kind of move into the like the week or so after the new moon and the eclipse and approach the, um, it's called the first quarter square, whatever it is that we're realizing will start to build upon itself. 
And then as we move towards the full moon and when Mercury turns direct, we'll start to be able to put this uh, into, into action or to integrate it more into our ways of being. But at the time of the new moon and at the time of the eclipse, we have um, Mercury retrograde, Pallas, the sun, the moon, and the north node. Um, the node is where an eclipse happens, basically. We have the north node and the south node. And the north node is what we're moving towards. So we have this collection of energy in Leo. And what this is describing is moving towards authenticity, moving towards bravery, moving towards the heart. Um, listen to the podcast series that I did last summer around the total solar eclipse. And I'm going to talk in that podcast quite a bit about other ways to understand Leo as royal energy, as ego energy. I did an um, exploration of Donald Trump's chart and the, the chart of the United States. Um, and both of those kind of go into more of the pathological Leo energy, the way that we like suck everything into our own experience. Um, but for now, let's, let's focus on the heart and the spine and the way that Leo in its health expresses bravely and it expresses love. And, you know, individuals living in societies are um, manipulated by the group. So you grow up in whatever culture you grow up in, you learn who's accepted, who's not accepted. You learn what is uh, like quote unquote good, what is quote unquote bad. You learn to manipulate your own expression in order to be part of your group because groups mean safety. It means you have a sense of belonging. And the reason why Leo as an energy corresponds to bravery and to courage and to pride is that it takes a lot of fucking courage to love. And it takes so much bravery to be authentic, <clears throat> to be honest, especially when there's the power of the group. At the, the time of the eclipse and the new moon, Mars in its retrograde as well is exactly conjunct Lilith right at the first degree of Aquarius. And in this degree, we have um, the transition of Capricorn into Aquarius, which is the transition of rules into um, thinking. It's the way that we embody and identify with constriction and um, formula. So whatever the rules are of your society, you integrate and embody them, and then you become part of the force that perpetuates those rules out into the world, whether it's the rule that, you know, I don't know, you don't cross the street when it's a red light, or it's the rule that you say, bless you after someone sneezed. I don't know what it is. Whatever your rules are, they become innate. Whatever your culture has influenced into you, these are the rules that you live by. And Mars, Lilith, uh, Mars is in its retrograde. There's the south node there. We have this image here of, of severing, of letting go, of releasing. And what we're releasing is rejection. Lilith is a, is a symbol that describes kind of a very deep rejection pattern that I would say infuses the planet as a whole. Um, Lilith was the first wife of Adam in the Old Testament. And in the story of Lilith, we have kind of the initial rejection of, of women and of femininity. And 
And uh, if you're familiar with the story, Lilith uh, basically wants equality with Adam. Um, and, and her equality that she wants is sexual in the story. She wants to be um, able to be on top while they're fucking. And um, Adam wants her on bottom. And then he gets God on his side. And there's basically this uh, exchange. And um, the message to Lilith is you are either um, submissive and subservient or you're banished from the garden. And you can't have a husband and you can't have children. And she goes. And what we have after that um, is thousands of years of a patriarchal retelling of the story where women um, who are empowered, who want equality, who want to be on top are demonized and they spawn demon children and there's something to be feared. And then, um, so kind of tying this into the first degree of Aquarius, uh, this is thinking that then becomes embodied. And regardless of how you experience sex or gender, um, we are growing and evolving in a mind state, in a global mind state that restricts the freedom and the autonomy of women and that has diminished and demonized the feminine force. And feminine force, you know, it has nothing to do with what kind of body you're in. It's everywhere. Um, is the instinct to nurture, to connect, to create family, to create home, and um, to, to be the creative body, to be sexual, to be sensual, to be empowered, right? The, the body itself is a kind of, it's, it is feminine in um, the sense that feminine energy is the birth energy. It is the body energy. So when I'm looking at this chart, this is like, it's, a, it's the feeling for me is we're needing to sever from um, toxic patriarchy. And again, kind of referencing the um, eclipse last summer when I was thinking about the new moon and the eclipse at that time, I was talking a lot about um, the toxicity of patriarchy and the eclipse last summer um, had a really interesting aspect with Donald Trump's chart. So I was talking about arrogance and um, kind of the force of, of the individual ego. And this chart is um, calling a lot of this up again for me. And um, Pallas is one of the reasons why. And so I mentioned that Pallas is part of this stellium in Leo. We've got the North Node, Mercury, Pallas, then the Sun and the Moon together all in Leo. Pallas is right at the center of this stellium. And Pallas is a mythological figure that is um, a female. Athena is her other name. Um, this mythological figure who is born from her father's head. And in the astrological language, Pallas describes um, the way that femininity molds itself into um, patriarchy, the way that we learn strategy, the way that we use our intelligence and our intellect to figure out how to connect and how to get the kind of safety and the comfort that we need. Um, it also talks about the relationship uh, between daughters and fathers, but I want to kind of open this up and say it talks about the relationship to fathers in general and to the father figure. And the father figure that we have as a, as a globe right now and as um, kind of a, a global culture that has been, I mean, not entirely, but very largely based on the, the kind of 
father god figure, this kind of uh, one masculine um, god entity that in many of the major religions is called the father. Um, this kind of relationship that we have to spirituality and to sacredness is dysfunctional and imbalanced. And Pallas here, so close to, to Mercury retrograde, to me kind of brings this forward, where there's a need to understand how we have um, formed ourselves through our own strategies. And the ways that we have sought to connect or to get love or to um, identify ourselves so that we have safety. And now how we can use our intelligence to see those things and also to approach ourselves differently. And Pallas is a really interesting figure. You know, she's, she's born from her father's head and she charges out of her father's head in full armor and into battle. But in her stories, she's also the defender of animals, and she loves the earth, and she is um, really invested in justice. She's, she's a judge. She um, listens to both sides equally, and she attends to fallen soldiers on both sides. And you know, as I'm talking, I'm kind of remembering the story of the Bhagavad Gita. And if, if you're someone who's read that story or pondered it, there's this question in the story of, um, you know, the main character, Arjuna, is uh, born into the life of a warrior. And he's sitting there, you know, looking at the battlefield, and he's looking at both, both armies. And he's going, I have cousins and brothers and uncles and people that I love on both sides, and I can't take part in this. I don't want to take part in this. And then Krishna, his guide, is there, and, and Krishna is basically saying, well, you have to, because this is the life that you've been born into. But in participating, you also have to understand the nature of everythingness and the way that you are everything. So it's a really, I mean, it's a pretty complex story. And for me, it continues to be a question of, of what this story means. Um, and how I'm thinking of it right now is the way that we find ourselves kind of positioned um, in our own egos and in the moment of, of humanity and global evolution that we're in, where things are, um, you know, intense enough that we, we have to involve ourselves and we have to take sides on things and we have to kind of put ourselves forwards as actors in our lives and it's not really a time to just um, sit back. At the same time, there is an absolute need to sit back and to absorb and to feel and to understand what the heart of our own experience is so that when we act, we can act from a place of love. And Pallas in this stellium to me is, is talking about that. It's saying, use the power of your mind to understand your heart. And when you have emotional experiences come up, understand that they have arisen within a context that is part of the forming of all of the contexts around you. And understand that your response is going to be part of the forming of the contexts for the future. The other aspects that this moon is making, um, or the stellium is making, um, are some, some tricky and complicated aspects to Jupiter, to Neptune, and to Pluto. So we have a square uh, with Jupiter and a quincunx, or an inconjunct, with both Neptune and Pluto. And 
the way that Jupiter and Neptune um, and Pluto are all interacting with each other and have been interacting with each other since last November is a kind of um, uh, emotional clarity or the growth of emotional clarity, I should say. It probably hasn't felt like that um, for the entire time. But since November of 2017, when um, Jupiter moved into Scorpio, it has been moving in and out of aspect with Neptune and Pluto. And what we have with, with this transit is the uncovering of information and feelings and the opening up of emotional recognition or capacity. And I think of it as an emotional alignment process. So to bring this back to the body, alignment is, uh, like I was talking before with the gunas, it's, alignment is a state of balance, but it's a constantly shifting state. And so if you're someone who practices yoga or dance, or if you think about your posture ever, um, alignment isn't something that can be rigid. If you, if you get into a space with yourself and you're like, oh, here it is, I'm balanced, and then you try and hold on to that and grip it and keep it from moving, then you're already out of alignment. Alignment is evolution. It is the feeling of one's midline being affected by all the things that it's affected by, and it is the ability to change and to stay current and present. Alignment in a yoga pose sometimes means falling out of the yoga pose or exploring within it. And it's a, it's a consistent inquiry into the center of the experience, into how your own midline um, is supported and expressing. And with Jupiter moving through Scorpio, there has been this uncovering of emotional blockages and kind of an uh, uh, immersion into those feelings. And with the aspects that Jupiter is making with Neptune and Pluto, we have um, both support and challenge to move through those emotional blockages, to understand them in bigger ways, in spiritual ways, to um, let things go, <laughs> to move on, to transform, to do some really um, intense shadow work. And every single client I've had since last November um, is doing this. I talk to you guys and it's like every single one of you, are you're meeting the shadow in your life. You're looking at your fear. You're looking at the places where you've been stuck. You are um, recognizing the, the swamps inside of your own being. You're kind of pulling up the, you're dredging up the monsters from the bottom of the depths and looking at them and learning how to not be afraid. And the aspects in this chart speak to me of this. It is using our minds to understand the emotional experience that we're going through. And a mindfulness practice is this. So you sit and meditate and some experience comes up and you're like, oh my God, you know, I feel so fucked up because of whatever. I can't concentrate or I like have this addiction or the things come up in meditation, right? That's the point. And then you use your mind to turn towards the experience. You look at it and you go, whoa, okay, that experience that's coming up, that memory or that thought is creating this body state in me. I, I just had this memory surface and I felt my whole body contract and get tight and then I wanted to puke. What happens if I take a deep breath? 
What happens if I hold that experience gently and then continue to feel my breath? And this is how meditation works. It's how mindfulness works. It's, it's like really not about getting to bliss. It's about creating more space to bring around your experience so that things can come in and come out and you can start to get to know them and not be gripped by them. With Mercury retrograde, with Pallas, with the eclipse in the North Node, all at a square to Jupiter, there is some kind of experience that's coming through right now and it's going, hey, pay attention. This is important. This is the truth of your heart. Don't get bogged up in that same way that you always get bogged up. Don't clutch to that fear. Don't drown in that swamp. Don't get yourself enchained and entrapped in the same kinds of emotional entanglements that you have for however long. And the square is, is saying, move it. Move that energy through. Move it forwards. Transform it. Get it going. Square aspects, um, they're, they're challenging, but they don't have to be um, horrible. They create dynamism. So what's coming through in this chart is awareness. We have Mercury and Pallas there um, stimulating the mind. And the mind is in the heart right now. It's in the center. There's recognition. This is how I feel. That recognition might be at odds with some old emotional patterning. This is how I feel, but how do I move into whatever this next state of being is? In order to do that, we have to bring our attention there and we have to feel the ways that uh, emotionally we get limited or out of alignment with ourselves. So the guided meditation that I made for this um, new moon is, is for that exactly. It's um, kind of healing your inner child. And um, my take on this is that the ways that we get out of alignment with ourselves, you know, they, the building blocks are there pre-birth, you know, that this is um, emotional patterning and programming that is laid into us in our um, kind of earliest experiences. And we learn to listen to ourselves and we learn to not listen to ourselves and we learn to express in certain ways and we learn to not express in certain ways. And our radiance is supported and our radiance is ignored and then we're shaped and our egos evolve. And right now there is a chance to do some really amazing work around freedom and liberating ourselves, not just from the, the thinking forms, as I was talking about with Mars and Lilith, but also with the feeling forms. And to kind of go back to this idea of um, the feminine in a time of <laughs> global masculine dominance and um, male supremacy, and we've been in this time for a minute now, a couple thousand years or so, um, there are some other aspects that come through with the chart that are kind of encouraging more movement towards the feminine way of being. And again, not about men and women. This is not about genitals. It's about the ways that we experience ourselves and experience our capacity for creativity. So with Leo as um, a sign of creativity, when Leo is creating from its masculine, it is separating itself from the whole. 
It's going, this is my ego. This is my identity. I'm going to leave my mark on the world. This is such a great idea. I'm sure everybody's going to love it. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to seek approval and validation for it. And it's centering the self. It's going, me, mine, I. When the creative energy is more in its feminine, it recognizes that it's part of, a, of the web of life. And whatever it's exuding, however it's expressing, then moves into that web and becomes part of a greater expression. And the web of life, of course, is also part of creating the individual. And there is no separation there. So our creativity as humans, um, the human instinct to be creative, to fix things, to form things, to make things, is a huge part of our dis-ease. That um, for, you know, whatever reasons, you know, humans are constantly compelled to be creating and to make and to fix things and to build things and to figure out how to make life more comfortable and more easy and blah, blah, blah. So... I just spent a week on top of a mountain and um, I was backpacking in the Wallawa National um, Forest and uh, packed in for six days um, with a dear friend and um, we were on top of this fucking mountain for a week and it was so beautiful and so amazing and so frightening to be there exposed in the elements and to realize that uh, I didn't know what to do. And we had packed in all of our food and of course we had our little like, you know, backpacking stove and all of our little utensils and things like this. And these, um, you know, backpacker pantry meals that you just add hot water to and all of a sudden you have like, I don't know, chicken gumbo or whatever. Um, And my overwhelming experience being up on the top of the mountain was, wow, I don't know how to live on earth, actually. I've been born and raised into the comforts of industrialized society. When I'm thirsty, I turn on a faucet. When I'm cold, I turn on the heat. When I'm hungry, I go to the grocery store. Being up on top of that mountain, I was struck by how much uh, humans have created tools for our own comfort, including the tent that I slept in and the sleeping bag and the camping stove. And I was struck by how these creations, while I completely relied upon them, while I was really grateful for them, while I recognized that, you know, they were quite helpful in many ways, they also were separating me from my environment. I didn't know what plants were edible. I didn't know, you know, where to find the clean source of water. I didn't know how to build my own shelter. I didn't know how to be with the, the animals and their energies and how to respond to them and sense them. And I'm not alone in this. I think most people on the globe are experiencing this disconnect that we do not live uh, in relationship. We don't live in relationship with each other. We don't live in relationship with animals and we don't live in relationship with the planet. And therefore, we create things from our own egos, from our own minds. We create things in a really disconnected way. And when we're creating things in this disconnected way, then we're perpetuating ego, we're perpetuating uh, programming and mind states, we're feeding into whatever, you know, the narcissism and the insecurities of the culture are. We're trying to figure out how to survive. 
what comes through for me in, in looking at this chart is um, kind of this amazing tension between remembering uh, connectedness and recognizing individuality. Remembering the old ways and realizing the new ways. And so with this eclipse and with the understanding that I'm talking about, the aha, that's how I feel. And with the moving through the emotional blockages, what I'm hoping is, is coming through um, is the feeling of relatedness. This is how I want to relate. This is authenticity. This is honesty. This is courage. Here is the courage to love. Here is the courage to let myself be seen and regarded by another human, to not try and perform, to simply trust my own expression, to give wholeheartedly. And with the, the childlike creative energy of Leo, with the heart energy, this is where it's at. I'm going to give of myself bravely and wholeheartedly, and I'm not going to hold it back. And I'm going to feel the way that I'm connected. And I'm going to trust that what I'm giving is good. And when I receive back and when I receive love and attention and um, appreciation, then I'm going to take that in. And I don't need to be the center of everything. <laughs> this is the pathology of Leo. I guess I should say that the reason I was up on the top of this mountain was because it was my birthday last Thursday. And so I am a Leo. I am born an early Leo. And um, I think anyone who has Leo, strong Leo placements in their chart um, knows this, that the um, kind of quest to understand oneself and to have something that's worthwhile to offer into the world is like a nightmare and a dream that the ways that you know we need to express ourselves and need to be felt as special <laughs> is also the way that like the world can collapse in and become a really lonely and scary place and that's true for everybody not just leo sun people there um for all of us you know is a need to feel like oh i belong here and i have something to give and that something is appreciated and when I'm talking about the ways that we've been disconnected, um, this is kind of where it is, is that uh, the sense of individual belonging is always dependent upon the group and it's always dependent upon the whole. And when we feel ourselves as part of that whole, then we can understand the specialness that we carry. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm the tree in this part of the forest and I get the light in, in this particular angle and I have access to these particular nutrients and therefore I can grow in this way and I can create this kind of shade and I can deliver these nutrients back into the ground and you know bear this kind of fruit or something like that. So there's specialness and then there's also not specialness. There's being part of a whole and then there's contributing to the whole. At the time of this eclipse, um, we've got as I was talking about these uncomfortable aspects with, with Neptune and Pluto, these inconjuncts, and they're not forming um, an exact yod to any of the Leo stellium. I guess maybe to Pallas they are by two degrees each. Um, so that, that counts. Um, so what we have with this aspect is um, kind of a pointing to strategy, to understanding and using the intelligence to feel the feelings, 
but then to center in the feelings and to use whatever the truth is to transform society, to transform our structures, um, to align ourselves uh, with the collective and um, to invest ourselves in the collective. There was a lot going on over the last week. I like got back and was, you know, kind of catching up with the news and all that. And I don't even know what to say about any of it, except that um, a lot of it seems like bullshit. You know, it seems like there's all of this commotion and panic and aggression and so much violence and so much heartbreak. And it is swirling around dysfunctional egos. It's swirling around um, feelings of scarcity. It's swirling around this constant productivity, um, you know, the, the capitalist kind of productivity that we need to consume and we need to exploit and we need to make. And that like dysfunctional creative energy that is the foundation of capitalism. You know, the idea that we're going to be productive and therefore we're going to exploit the land, we're going to exploit the people, and then we have problems with resources and climate change that is being directly impacted by our exploitation. And a lot of people not being cared for and uh, a lot of overgrowth of um, dysfunctional energy. So we're moving into some pretty um, rapid change. And uh, the day after the eclipse and the new moon, basically that night, the moon will move into Virgo and it will create a, a grand trine with um, Saturn and Uranus. And this energy of Saturn and Uranus um, in trine with one another, we can see it kind of playing out with with um, the way that structure is changing right now. So laws are being changed and they're being formed and um, I don't really know what's what's going on um, everywhere, but it seems like a lot of places there's like uh, a lot of movement around rules and laws and who's in power and who's not in power. And in response to that, we have changing economies and we have a lot of chaos within bodies and uh, the movement of bodies. Part of the, the eclipse and, and new moon energy is stimulating change, and it's stimulating change on the material level. This is me coming down from a week of backpacking and thinking about um, what I had mentioned thinking about. Um, for those of us who live with a fair amount of privilege, um, it's really important for, for all of us, for me, for you, um, that we figure out different ways of relating to our resources. Um, being up on top of a mountain and realizing like, oh, I have to pump water and, you know, I don't need to use this huge wad of toilet paper. I can just use a couple squares or like a leaf or something, you know, is a really different relationship to resources. And when we're sheltered um, in the bubbles of our own privilege, then we take things for granted and we um, use way more than we need. And we have a ton of overconsumption. And again, this is the individual disconnected from the group. Oh, my needs are important. I'm going to consume this so that I can create that me, 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 mine, mine, mine. And not awareness of, oh, we're all sharing this water. We all need this food. <laughs> my, my impact is going to ripple out into humanity and the earth as a whole. 
please um, spend the next couple of weeks meditating on the truth of how you feel and how you uniquely feel that you can contribute to this time. In the truth of how you feel, this is beyond how you feel about that particular relationship or how you feel about, um, I don't know, your project that you're working on or your job or something like that. The truth of how you feel is essence. It is essential. This is the way that you want to radiate and vibrate and move out into the world. Remember that Leo is the sun. A job or a relationship or a project, that's a little planet <laughs> that's orbiting around the sun. That's something that is being affected by your radiance. The essence of your radiance is the thing that is wanting to shift right now. It is the thing that is wanting to move into the next state of evolution. It is the thing to notice uh, where uh, it gets blocked and bogged down and manipulated by um, programming, by the ways that your mind has been wrapped around how you should express. Um, it is the thing that gets uh, kind of entrapped in emotional entanglements, like feeling like, oh God, you know, like I need to express this way because of whatever. Tune into your own essence. Take this time to really tune in to your own essence. How do you radiate out? What is right at the center of your being? What is your pure, essential nature? And then commit to that and see if you can start to um, make changes from that place. And because Leo is creative energy, creativity is not a formula. It's not me telling you, you know, use less toilet paper or something like that. It's, you're going to figure it out how you, how you manifest these changes. But creative energy is curious and it's passion and it's playfulness. And Leo in its health um, are, is all of this. And that childlike playful energy that feels itself um, kind of at one with the world you watch kids go out and play in nature. Like they're not scared of it. They want to explore it. They want to um, play and like create homes and make up stories about it. So when you get in touch with your own essence, invite a sense of playfulness to come in. How can you live your life from the center of your own essence and let that essence radiate out into what you're manifesting in your life, to all that you're creating, to all that you're giving form to. Shift from the ego-centered formation and creativity of, I need to do this so that XYZ, so that I'll gain approval, so that I'll get enough money, so that I'll make my parents happy, so that whatever, into, I'm going to express as part of this unfolding expression that is all around me. This is the essence of how I feel, and I'm gonna move it into every single action that I, that I take. And in that, there's a responsibility, right? Leo um, and the sun, they have this magnetic capacity. They hold things in their orbit. They um, uh, have the, the sphere that they create. So in that, there's a recognition of how does your essence influence the space around you? 
if you get pissed off about something, you know, if you're um, like sitting in a meeting at work and your boss says something and it makes you worry that, um, I don't know, they're judging your performance or you're going to lose your job, you're going to go into some kind of reactive space and then you might identify with that space and start to exude it into the kind of space around you. you tell yourself stories or whatever it is. Tell yourself you hate your boss. You don't want this job anyway. Da, 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 da. Like whatever you do <laughs> with your experiences. Rather than that, can you notice what it is that's coming up with the need to express? Oh, there's fear. Oh, there's insecurity. Recognize the feeling of it. Think, right? Use your intelligence, your mental capacity. If I express this, how do I want to express it? Do I want to express it as a, a knife, as a, as a dagger, as a shot towards that person that just said that thing? Do I want to perpetuate conflict or instigate it? Or do I want to notice that this feeling is here? and then vibrate in this space from a place of peace, from a place of safety in myself. That's a choice in any given moment. It's a choice around how you're going to be expressing and resonating and creating in the space around you. Creativity is not a painting. It's not just an object that then is created. It is uh, magnetism. It's energy being expressed moment to moment, second to second. So use this eclipse energy and use it to get aligned and attuned and connected and to understand your place in the family of things, to feel the ways that your resonance and your eminence have been um, strengthened or stifled in certain ways to feel the way that your um, ego is strong or weak in certain places use your minds to feel your body to feel your emotions to feel your energy and then use your mind to start to explore different states of being to express and to unlock your energy where it has been stifled or stuck to call your energy back in where it's running amok, where it's creating havoc in your life. Um, as we kind of move into the, the earth aspects in this chart, the grand trine I was talking about with the moon, Saturn, and Uranus, um, the earth trine that I didn't talk about between Pluto, Ceres, and Juno, there's a lot of support to shift the material of your experience, and that's your body first, and then all the spaces that your body inhabits, all that you consume and all that you create. All right, so I'm at an hour. And um, like I said, there was a lot to talk about in this chart. I feel like I kind of bounced around a lot, hopefully tied things together enough to make some kind of sense. Um, I will be back uh, at the beginning of September with a month-long offering. Um, I'm going to take September and October um, not fully off, but a little bit um, uh, uh, on a kind of a pause where I'll just do once a month offerings. Um, and I'll, I don't know, I'm going to experiment with some different things changing the materials, trying to figure out how I want to express and how um, to be the, the most um, kind of vital and um, healthy in my own energy. 
So I'll take the next um, two months to, to give once a month offerings and I'll include in those once a month information on the, the full moon and the new moon as well as other notable aspects and um, there will still be meditation and horoscopes for the month and check in. Um, if you aren't subscribed to my newsletter, then go to embodiedastrology.com and sign up so that you can get all of that in your inbox. Um, of course, if you have Gmail or whatever, you definitely want to make sure that um, those emails will come in to your inbox and not into your promotions folder. And you can follow me on um, Instagram, search for Embodied Astrology, or Facebook, search for Embodied Astrology, and you can stay up to date there. Um, yeah, that's all for now. So listen to the guided meditation. It's, it's there to help you uh, work with this energy. It's on um, uh, connecting with and healing the inner child and this kind of solar creative energy. Um, your audio horoscopes are available to you. There are affirmations for each horoscope that are printed at embodiedastrology.com under the most current post. You can use those affirmations to further integrate um, the messages that are coming through um, with me. And thanks again for all of your support. Thanks so much for listening. Please share this uh, if you've enjoyed it. And I'll look forward to checking in with you again in just a couple of weeks. And until then, Happy Eclipse, much love, and be well.